welcome to the third episode of the Rex Chapman Show with Josh Hopkins, powered by BasketballNews.com. Hey, Josh, how are you, buddy? Hey, Rex. Third episode, you're number three. Yeah, this should be a big one. There's going to be some kissing, some special. I can tell. Number three is, a, is the magic number. So Absolutely. That's going to be a big one. Real yeah. big. What's going on in the world of hoops right now, bud? Well, the tournament's uh, fully revved up. What do you think so far? I love it. Uh, you know, basketball has been really good. Um, you know, a little un- unpredictable, but man, I, I missed, I didn't realize how much I'd missed it, you know, missing the tournament last year, <clears throat> being back in the, in the studio talking basketball a week ago, and then all the games this past week, just been great. Overtime games, upsets. I don't know if anybody's going to beat Gonzaga though. You? Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't see it happening. I mean, I don't, who knows? So what do they play USC? Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, they could be on a, on a collision course with them. I just, every time I watch them, I try to beat them somehow, some way, but their point guard Suggs is so good. Timmy's really good inside. You know, he's, I don't want to say get over, get my nose over my skis here, but he's a little Kevin McHale like, you know, he's slippery. Slippery in the post, got a lot of moves. His footwork is really good, but he can really shoot it too. You know, that's the different, that's the advancement in the game. Kevin wasn't known for his, you know, outside shooting, but uh, mm-hmm. Timmy's really good. And then they got the senior or junior Kispert, who's just a terrific shooter of the basketball. They've got veteran, a veteran team. Mark Few's terrific. Uh, Baylor's got a shot. I mean, Grown men on Baylor. Grown men. Scott Drew's got a squad that <laughs> the kid uh, Mitchell, number forty-five, who yeah, yeah. looks just like Donovan Mitchell, who wears number forty-five <laughs> for the Utah Jazz. Uh, they, they move the same. Very, very eerie. Um, I'm really interested. I, I've got a favorite player in the tournament. Got to make it. Okay. Okay. Two actually. And they're, they're on the same team. I've got a soft spot for our guy, Johnny Juzang, who played at UK a year ago. And he's now showing up in the elite eight for uh, UCLA in his hometown. Uh, I'm really happy for that young man. I remember asking him a year ago, uh, you know, what, if you didn't play basketball, what would you do, Johnny? And he, he just shot back immediately. Oh, Navy seal for sure. <laughs> like just a fascinating kid, smart. So I'm happy for him, but his teammate on his team is a guy named Jaime Jaquez, who's about six, eight sophomore. And he's yeah. dirty. He's dirty. Yeah. Josh. He yeah. can play. I know he can. He's not scared of the moment. No. And he's got handle. He can pass. He can, he can score, you know, when stuff breaks down for them, they they run their stuff through him, so they've got a fighting chance. I, I'm I'm happy for Mick Cronin, um, you know, longtime guy here in the Midwest. Worked for Rick, our guy Rick Patino. Happy for Mick's success. Um, trying to think who else. USC, the the big Mobley brothers. There, yeah. How about Isaiah? He's it's not all Evan. Isaiah's real. He, I mean, he's got he's got some flair to his game. Six what six nine six ten. Those kids can really hoop, really hoop. Yeah, they can. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's having a guy like Evan Mobley could, you know, that can 
be the best player on the court at times. That's, that's the kind of player that can beat Gonzaga in one game. Yeah. You know, in, in one, they, they would definitely win if it was two out of three the whole tournament. But one game, as we well know, you know, um, I still got Kentucky winning this whole thing. So if, if Gosh, I just John, think I, if we didn't get in, buddy. we didn't get in, we did not get in. What do you mean? We didn't get in the tournament, the men's team, Kentucky. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, but we're going to no. win it, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. Our yeah, we're going to win tough. it. You're right. Okay, Thanks. Right. <laughs> Thank you. We'll, we'll you know, uh, speaking of that, the USC has a kid that uh, very much, he's built a lot like Anthony Davis, uh, Evan Mobley. He could be the number one overall pick coming up. But to your point, um, yeah, he is a guy. Anthony Davis won a national title for us, and did he score in that game? Uh, maybe he just took one shot. I think he just took one shot. Um, we were there. We were there. Great we were there. Lives. Yes, um, it was. But, you know, Evan Mobley can do that. He can dominate a game defensively, average like three blocks a game, and he just keeps keeps getting better. Uh, switch gears for a second. Somebody I kind of want to talk about. Don't know if you've heard of him. His name is, I think they pronounce it, Zion Williamson. Zion, Z-I-O-N, Zion, sport. it's, it's baskets, baskets, oh, yeah, okay. baskets, no, I got to talk about Zion, man, um, Stan Van Gundy, my Stan, my partner Stan, my ex-coach Stan Van Gundy with the Miami Heat, uh, he and I worked together last year at NBA TV while he was on a little hiatus after being fired, <laughs> Uh, so we got to rekindle our friendship a little bit and we were, we were, uh, watching Zion play last year. And this is before he ever knew he was going to coach the Pelicans. And, uh, I remember specifically him asking me, what do you think of Zion Williamson? I said, I think he's inc incredible. I think he's insane. I, he's like Draymond Green on steroids. That's what I envision him like um, because he can get it off the board a la Charles Barkley um, can get it off the board, go coast to coast. He's built like, you know, former teammate of mine, Rodney Rogers, um, explosive, bouncy um, lefty also, but he's got more, he's got more length than Draymond. He's got the same kind of feel, you know, maybe not quite the passer that Draymond is right now, but it's taken a hell Draymond. of a passer though. He's a hell of a passer. He's got great vision. He's unselfish. You, when he's got a head of steam coming, you, you, you're at a loss. And yeah. Stan, I think <laughs> has decided to kind of, you know, let Zion run a little bit more of the one and man, he's fucking tearing it up, Josh. Yeah, he is. They're playing through him and, but that's the thing is because you don't have to play through him because he'll just get his because he's just that explosive. But they're so smart because he's such a good and willing passer. It, it's lethal. No, I know. And, you know, you, they've got they've got other really good players. He, he's just a, I, I just hope he can stay healthy. I'm knocking on wood because, man, he's a generational type of guy. And look, I, I remember when Jason Kidd couldn't shoot. I remember when um, uh, Rajon Rondo couldn't shoot. And before long, four or five years in, you start, remember, Lonzo Ball couldn't shoot. And here we are three years later, he's completely changed his shot. 
He's shooting in the high 30s. His shot is night and day from where it was. Zion is going to become, at some point, he'll become a serviceable shooter of the basketball, just like Michael Jordan did. We all played off of Michael. When I first came in the league, you still played off of Michael and made him make shots. And if he made two or three, then you would get up on him. That's the way they play Zion now. Once he starts shooting that ball and, you know, adding a little pull-up jump shot to his game, it's over. It's a wrap because when he plays downhill, you can't stop it. He's a nightmare. Well, I'm with you with, like, everybody's kind of worried about his health because have we ever seen anyone that big and explosive in any sport? It's crazy. Everyone's worried that can can the human body take that torque? I'm afraid he's going to get a, a, a open just – all on his own, just a, a breakaway, and he's going to explode, and his entire body will explode. Like, just eviscerate, and just chunks of him in the bit. stands, women and children crying like, oh, my God, because I don't see how someone can be that explosive and the body can take it. It's oh, that'll, that'll be a hell of a That'll be a hell of a top shot. Yes, sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> That, no. That'll be uh, that'd be in the sports center top ten. <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, he. You're right, though. He he attacks the game and the rim with that. Just that's why you worry about his health too. You know, if he was out there just sort of lollygagging up and down the court, we wouldn't worry about his health. But he attacks the rim like Derrick Rose attacked the rim, like you know Stevie <laughs> Francis attacked the rim with that f- ferocity. Um, so I, I'm just excited for him. I hope he does stay healthy because I want to watch him play longer than a decade. Right? Shoot, me too. Yeah, watch how he evolves. Uh, what about the uh, the Lakers and the Nets? Yeah. They're, uh, they're like just trying to sign every – they're just trying to do an all-star team on both teams. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, uh, I was thinking a lot about this the last couple of days as I've seen – people just giving insane amounts of shit to the Brooklyn Nets for going out and getting Blake Griffin and now getting, well, getting James Harden and then Blake Griffin and then now LaMarcus Aldridge. And the old timer in me kind of wants to bitch and complain about it. I just can't. And the reason I can't is because I played, I played 12 years in the NBA, made it out, didn't make it out of the first round once, not once. I'd have given anything to have a chance to win a title at any time in my career, but especially my last couple be on a title contender like that. The thing about it though, is the rules were such back then. Also guys weren't making as much money. Uh, You didn't buy out serviceable guys back in the day. You would try to trade them for Mm -hmm. assets the system is such now that we're in this position where these teams can afford to buy these guys out if they're not, if they want to go younger. So Blake's bought out. What's he supposed to do? Go to a shitty team. I'm asking. <laughs> right. right, right. Uh, I, I, retire. Uh, I'm going to retire a piston. Oh, really? Okay, Blake. <laughs> All right. So it, I, I don't, I don't know what they're supposed to do. What's LaMarcus Aldridge supposed to do. Is he supposed to find a shitty, you know, maybe go to, I don't Charlotte and I'm not saying Charlotte shitty. They have been shitty in recent years. They're kind of turning the corner now, but is he supposed to go to a middling team and try to help them maybe get into the playoffs? 
I don't get it. I don't get what the hate understandable. What I don't get what the hate is. Also, I don't get the hate for Drummond going. I I like Andre Drummond going there, especially now that Brooklyn got another piece. Let's not. Let's also not forget. Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake and DeAndre are available for a reason. They're available because they're not the player that they were. I understand it's a benefit to have. Vet, look, I'd rather have Blake Griffin come in and off the bench than an unknown rookie that you drafted in the second round or as a free agent because that dude is going to get rookie calls in the playoffs. Blake right. Griffin is not. LaMarcus Aldridge is going to get vet calls. You can still run some offense through Blake. I like what these teams are doing. I do feel bad for the Portlands. I do feel bad for the, you know, team, the Miamis, the team, the, the Milwaukee's that are right there that, you know, yeah, I'm sure they, they would have loved to have had a LaMarcus Aldridge, but you know, somehow the Nets figured out how to do it and more power to them. I, I'm more worried about the Lakers right now because with LeBron out and that hopefully he's going to get back fast. That, that didn't look good. His ankle turned the wrong way. That looks like a bone bruise and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, hopefully he'll get back with AD out. You know, I think, I think Phoenix is going to overtake them as well as, um, as well as uh, Utah. Utah is going to stay up top. They're playing really good. So, so, so right now, you know, a little bit after the uh, all-star break, if you had to say uh, everything can change, but if you had to say who's going to, who's going to win it, who would you say at this point? Nets. I'm biased. biased. You know, Zeke's up here. My son, he's in the video room. Uh, Oh yeah. You're in a different location. I'm in Brooklyn, buddy. Yeah. Guess what I'm getting ready to do. I'm about to see my first live basketball game at any level in a year. I got the vaccine. And I'm yeah. going to go out, I'm going to wear my mask, and I'm going to watch a couple basketball games Congratulations. Over, over at the Barclays Center. And I'm gonna, normalcy. You know, normalcy. My yes. God. We'll still take precautions, but yeah. Oh, I, <clears throat> maybe I'm biased a little, probably biased a little. But James Harden, just incredible. I mean, he's, he's made all the difference for that team. They still don't have KD. You know, Kyrie's been in and out, and they're doing it. Um, Steve, our guy Stevie Dash, my guy Stevie Nash, I'm so happy, proud for him. Also, big benefit that Mike D'Antoni's over there on the bench. Uh, he's got a terrific staff. He made Adoka, Jock Vaughn. Um, yeah, I, I, they're going to have to get better defensively a little bit because they're going to have to get some stops in the half court. But I don't, I, if, if they're healthy – I don't know if you can beat him. I don't think you can. Not the way the game's played today. If you can't touch anybody, good luck. I mean, you, you can maybe game plan for two of those three guys, but not for KD, KD, Kyrie, and James. Come on. That's absurd. All right. We're going to pivot a little bit but to a, a, yeah. a weekly segment that we're going to do here. Uh, and uh, this will be the first one. It's a, We're going to do a little thing called Book Club where we uh, just talk about some things we're reading that think it's interesting and maybe other people might find interesting. So uh, what do you got? What have you been reading lately? Uh, nothing. Nothing at you all. You haven't um, been reading I'm, anything? No. Well, I've been tweeting. Um, but no. Yeah, oh, nothing. Well, I uh, haven't. Right, you? Well, that, now you say that. I haven't 
I'm not reading a lot either. So I guess, well, that's been uh, the first segment of book club. We'll, we'll work on that. So this episode of the Rex Chapman show with Josh Hopkins, who's great looking, um, is uh, powered by basketballnews.com, is sponsored by Blue Chew. Rex, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Oh, well, I don't need it. Do you, Josh? Uh, no, I don't need it either, um, but some guys we know might. And this is a spectacular new product. Blue Chew is bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer lasting erections. <laughs> erections again. He said erection again. It would be awesome if Blue Chew was an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and if it was shipped right to your door in a discreet package? Rex, it's like you're reading my mind. That's exactly what it is. The process is simple. You sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Bluetooth's licensed medical providers will work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. Bluetooth tablets are chewable, made in the USA, and shipped direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So, if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluetooth.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free. When you use our promo code REX at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code REX to receive your first month free. And we thank Bluetooth for sponsoring the Rex Chapman Show with Josh Hopkins, powered by basketballnews.com. And then also, this is great. It's, it's the third episode. I feel like we're getting a little better, a little rapport, if you will. Yeah, and, veteran, um, veteran podcaster. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm starting to get into my role as, as you know, your sidekick here. And I think we're doing a good job. It's like, you're like my you John know, Stockton. You're my John Stockton. I'm Carl Malone to your John Stockton, right? Sure, sure. But if we're going to break it down to the entertainment, it's like, you know, a Johnny Carson to Ed McMahon. Yes. Oh, right. 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 Uh, Paul, Paul Schaefer, David Letterman. Yes, right. right. Yes, I'm Paul Schaefer, but I can't play anything. You can be Letterman. I don't think that's you. You both got the gap, too. Uh, it is true. It is true. <laughs> um, uh, and obviously, um, one of our favorites, also Conan O'Brien, O'Brien Richter. Mm -hmm. Andy Richter is his, his big sidekick. Yeah, you know? and they're, they're great at it and, and kind of like um, I, I would aspire to be them. And what? Interestingly enough, who's what? our guest today, Rex? We got somebody coming on, Josh, I believe that that's going to teach you how to be even an even better sidekick. We've got Andy Richter. Hey, <laughs> my Andy, Andy Richter. Richter. You're Andy Richter. Hi. Uh, uh, Have you, uh, I've been you know on, Andy? I've been on Conan. I've been on Conan twice as a guest. Yes. 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 And I got a bet for you. What? There is no way Andy Richter remembers either. He, he will not remember me being on the show at all. Bullshit. I, I hope he doesn't. I really There's, do. He doesn't. I do you know he won't. Do you know how many 
Thousands of people have been on that show. Guests. He, there's, he remembers you. You said you've been on twice. Yeah. I know you. Do you remember those appearances? Not, <laughs> not really. I don't remember what I talked about. I don't. Um, <laughs> I do know though. It's one of the scariest feelings. What like is, so you go back, you go, there's two, two guys um, behind the curtain holding it. And they're like, are you ready? Are you ready? And you're just waiting. And it's like, yeah, hey, Josh Hopkins here. And they pull that back. And it's just like Cindy Brady, you know, like, oh, oh, oh shit. And you just walk, and say, Josh, and there they are. And you're just freaked out. And, and you got your little things to talk about. And you don't know what, how it's going to go. And I killed both times. No, not really. I just, you know, just like, <laughs> get me off of here. But uh, I guarantee you he doesn't remember. Guaranteed. Bet, well, what a, what a, I, I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait to talk to him. I, you know, I grew up watching with my mom and dad, the Carson show. And, uh, you know, it was just part of, part of my childhood. And then, you know, we watched all of these guys from Letterman to Leno to everybody come through. Um, but when he and Conan, burst onto the scene. Um, I really felt like they were speaking to our generation of college kids because that's right. about oh, the age sure. we were, you know, and we were kind of not that we still love Letterman, but you know, the tonight show was getting a little, it was a little long in the tooth at that point. And Andy and Conan really, I can't wait to talk to him. Just a fascinating dude. Brilliant guy. He does one of the best bits that I want to steal anytime it ever happens. If you're ever somewhere and, and like the power goes out, he always goes, all right, the power, boom. He goes, my pearls. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> I'm just, I can't wait to be in, in some power outage just to steal that and say. Oh, it's so good. That's so good. Well, Josh, you know, uh, why don't we get into it? Let's talk to Andy Richter. Paul, Paul Andrew Richter. I'm so happy <laughs> to me. I'm so happy to meet you, man. Uh, it's nice to meet I, you too, Rex. I'm I'm thrilled to be doing this here with my buddy Josh Hopkins. We're we're homeboys from Kentucky. We go way back. Uh, I lived on Josh's couch for a while, and uh, yeah. But uh, man, I, I cannot tell you. I'm I'm so excited that that you're here, um, taking the time to do this. What a what a crazy time in the world, right? It sure is, yeah. But see, if, we, if you weren't doing it this way, I wouldn't have been able to just see your dog walk by. <laughs> very true, very true, very true. Yeah, yeah. Hey, quick, quick question. Do you ever remember Josh uh, coming on uh, your show on Conan? Josh, what? Uh, Josh, talk so I can see you. Hey, what's going on there? Thank what, you for um, doing this. The, the, the doing someone's podcast is the new, like, will you read my script? And uh, it's really nice of you to come on here. I'm happy to. No, it's fine. I Listen, I, I'm in the same boat. It's like, I'm actually, I have a podcast called The Three Questions. And like how I just dropped the name in there, that's called a plug. Um, I actually I actually just had um, Patricia Lockwood, who is a, a, a writer, a very funny writer who got known through Twitter. She's a poet and a writer. And um, she did that. Like when you, when you sell a book, they teach you like say the name as much as you can. And you can really hear it on when people are on TV and they're like, you know, like, 
you know, my in my book, Clash of the Elites, uh, I like to talk about the Clash of the Elites. And so, but I have a podcast. And so I'm all, I, it's the same thing. I'm like hitting up people like, would you please waste an hour <laughs> of your day just to provide content for me, you know? But Josh, you were on the Conan show for what? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, don't, I, I knew, I knew you, you do thousands of people. I wonder how many guests you've sat in with. Uh, that's crazy. That, and well, how, how estimate, it's, how many do you it's, think? Well, it was, we were over 2000 shows. Uh, so that's like, you know, if you figure, if you just go to uh, yeah. a show, that's 4,000. I mean, there's repeats there, but I mean, I have the, I'm in the weird position of, seeing myself in not just like an interview or something that I don't remember, but like full, like weird costumes, you know, and like, you know, getting pies thrown in my face with absolutely no recollection of like ever having done it. Um, so that's, yeah. But I, but what were, were, are you an actor? Were you, uh, yeah. uh, were you on for a, an acting role or? Yeah, I was on. Uh, I, I was on twice. <laughs> oh, really? I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. I don't expect you to. This is perfect. I love this. Okay. Um, but I can't believe I, you remember. You remember, Josh? You remember being on? I was puffing <laughs> a lot of glue then, so I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, what I, show were you on? Oh yeah, I was on oh, uh, yeah. the show Cougar Town, and I know at least once. I oh was, hell yes! I was there for That's that. And that's where I know your face from. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you, now that you, I, I, and this is the other thing. I do this all the time where it's like, you look familiar, but it's like, and for me, and you probably go through the same thing. Like I find when back at the Warner Brothers commissary, I would see faces and it's like, are you somebody I went to school with? Are you, are you somebody that, you know, I yeah. did a guest spot with, you know, it's, it's such a mishmash, but, now that you say Cougar Town, I know exactly who you are. Yeah, well, I am. I am at about that level of fame where it is always like, you go to my gym, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I do. Like, are you sure you don't go to my Abs gym? I'm like, yeah, pretty sure. The oh, worst gosh. one, because I'm, I'm, I get similar kind of. It's a similar sort of situation, and the worst one is when somebody goes because I don't like to people will be coy and they'll be like you look like somebody and i just don't have i'm like i don't want to go like yep i sh you know so i just go like i'm my name's andy richter i'm on the conan o'brien show or or if, you know if i was doing something else and the most embarrassing one is like no no that's not it oh that's yeah it. they're like yeah. oh i thought no no i thought maybe we worked together you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh -oh. it's always like, so what have you been in? It's like, oh, I'm going to run down my IMDb for you. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. no uh -uh. Yeah. Uh, can I take a picture? Well, you don't even know who I am. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I did. I did come up with a good solution for that when people would be like, where do I know you from? And I'd go, At church? People would take off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh the man Scientology celebrity center <laughs> there you go there you go yeah. do you like to take oh, a personality oh. test <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no conan got my dog conan in the back it. sorry oh that's okay uh conan did a remote at um 
the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame years ago. And there, you know, there's such a flurry of activity and autograph seekers and stuff. And so he kept people kept shoving notes and he'd sign him and sign him. And he said, like, when they were done and they because they shot for a long time, he like as he's walking out in the parking lot and there's trash everywhere, there's like a, a card with Conan O'Brien signed on it. So he's, that was a real ego builder to be like, oh, wait, who? Oh, fuck it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I got two two quick questions because we're we're into that. Um, you've got your own pod. Uh, we're new, pretty new to this. Like a little, you know, coaching. Let us know what works and doesn't. Yours is kind of you. You do it well. It's kind of introspective at times. Yeah. You know, you, you you. It's the three questions. Yeah. And um, and that's a that's the best way to use the medium. It seems like instead of like you know a five minute someone promoting something, you can really get deep. Is do you love that? I do. Well, that was that was the idea, because uh, when they the notion of doing a podcast, I was I was iffy on because I didn't really I didn't listen to them a lot. Um, I mean, some I would and I would be on some like some, you know, different comedy podcasts. But I knew there was I have so many friends who were like there at the very beginning of podcasting where like I would go be on their podcasts and I would be like, what is this? How does this work? You know, why are, okay. So I always felt like if I would come along and say, I'm going to do one too, I would have just, I would have felt like such a dilettante and a Johnny come lately. But then ultimately it was like, shit, Conan's going to do one. I might as well do one too. And, and I, I just wanted to talk. I wanted to kind of have the conversations that I have like on the couch at Conan, not right. necessarily like the publicist driven ones. And, and, and frankly, I've been in like therapy forever and it's a language that I speak a lot and it's the stuff that interests me. Cause it's, it's the stuff that I like to talk about. And the, the three questions for those that don't know uh, the, for the, for the, and this is just the format for the whole thing is uh, where do you come from? Where are you going? And what have you learned? which I think kind of encompasses absolutely a, a thoughtful life, you know, like a, 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 an examined life. And those three things, I, you know, when I started doing it, I had a lot of the podcast people like, you didn't really ask them specifically. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, it's not, it's just something to call it. I mean, don't you feel like you got that information out of the conversation? And they're like, well, yeah, but I mean, maybe you should, you know, like divide the, the podcast up into three sections. I was like, no, 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 that's not going to. So for me, it's just they, there's it's a kind of podcast, too, that they call an origin story, which I think is they they, you know, it makes it sound like I'm just interviewing super villains. But but that's sort of it. I just talked to Nikki Glazer yesterday. And we mainly just talked about about mental health. You know, it wasn't even so much laid out as you're from St. Louis and when you, where'd you go to school and when did you think, um, you know, when did you think you were going to be a comedian? So it's yeah, uh, it, it's just it's a it's a I wanted to have kind of a conversation that would lean towards introspection because that's kind of interesting to me. And there and I also too I just didn't want to do like. You know, there's so many meandering comedy podcasts of people kind of improvising and trying to figure out what the joke is. And I just, 
you know, I, I feel like there's enough of that. And this is what I wanted. You know, I mean, it's like, I mean, I imagine you guys, this is kind of for you guys, just like basically interviewing interesting people that you want to talk to, right? Yeah, it, well, exactly. Rex, Rex, Rex said, uh, I, I, you know, you're more in, intellectual, I think, in, in your podcast. And so we were thinking of going with three questions and we were like, what's your favorite color? Are you hungry? <laughs> Do you own shoes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's the uh, weirdest place you pooped? Yeah. <laughs> you guys can have that one for free. Oh, thank you, Andy. This is awesome. I mean, and this is really what I kind of envision. I'm 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 a college dropout. Josh is brilliant. You're brilliant. I I'm I know we have on sports people, Josh takes a back seat and I get to listen to all the uh, he gets to listen to all the nuance of basketball. Um, yeah, yeah. I, this is this is fun. This is really fun for me. I got to tell you, Andy, I can't thank you enough for coming on. But I go back, I, and I'm going to dumb it down a little bit. Um, man, I was about 21, I guess, playing basketball for the Charlotte Hornets. <clears throat> you've been you've been on television and uh, a part of my adult life the whole time and my very first you know one of the very I was living on my own first time and all of a sudden this show uh with Chris Elliott Get a Life came out yeah and I mean to tell you I was enthralled I mean the guy's dying at the end of every episode uh most of the time but it was just genius didn't you build a submarine in the basement it was uh it and brian doyle murray there was yeah i didn't know this this was i was chris i knew chris and chris did that tv show but the only thing i did with chris was the movie cabin boy yeah that, um, well that, that's what I, I was getting ready to get into that that yeah, yeah. that that's where i knew that's where i knew chris from and he just like came out of nowhere um, yeah. And then I, I'm just fascinated with how you how did that even how how did that come about? You're you're well, getting that, into that, that movie that um, Chris Chris started on. Well, you know, he's the, the, the old comedy team, Bob and Ray. He's Bob's son. Bob Elliott was was so he right. grew up in New York in like a milieu of, of comedy people. And he was an intern on Late Night with David Letterman and was funny. And they just started using him in bits. And then he became a writer. And then he became like a writer performer. And uh, Get a Life was his first step outside of that. He had the show. And, you know, and it was always, as he once said to me, he said, people either really love me or they're really angered by me. Like his <laughs> sense of humor. And, and that was, you know, Get a Life was... It's funny because my younger sister, it was her favorite show in the world. So when I it was my first big movie job, I had I had sort of like a one one scene and in a cable movie before that. But it was my and she was like I had hit the, the you know, like the bullseye of what she wanted out of out of that. And so I just got all I did. I, I auditioned for it. I was out in L.A. working on a, a live stage show that we had started in Chicago. How old were you at this point, Andy? Um, How old? uh, Got to be early 20s. 26, 27, something like that. Um, Yeah, because it would have been, it would have been 92. So yeah, I would have been 26. Yeah, okay, okay. And, um, And I auditioned for it when I was in L.A., 
I had already auditioned for it once. And then the show that I was doing here ended and I went back to Chicago when I was sleeping on my mother's couch in the suburbs, wondering what the hell else, like now what? And they had a call back for me to come out and, and, and read again for, for Cabin Boy. So uh, luckily my uncle had backed his truck into my mom's car and she got the insurance money like the day that they asked me to, to like come to L.A. So, and because nobody had any money. So like I bought the Southwest ticket that stopped three times and it was and, you know, and my mom's car was fucked up for three years. You know, like she, she had to wait till it got hit again to get it, the, the part that my uncle hit. Um, and I came out and I stayed with with a friend of mine, I slept on a friend of mine's couch and I went to the store and bought uh, the makings of for one big pan of lasagna. And I ate that the entire week because I had no money. Uh, I bought my friend Jane Lynch. Um, I borrowed her car because she was she had gone back to Chicago to do a play and left her car. Here, so I had a car and I was here for about a week and I went and read back. I read back three more times and finally on the third time i told him like because i would you know uh, say i got here on sunday on monday i went in and read and then i just would sit and wait and then because i did there was not you know nobody was having any meetings or anything and then you know and then it'd be like wednesday they want me back and so i'd go back and again read the same part do the same thing um and on the third one i on the third one i just i was like I can't I, listen. I can't do this anymore. I got to get back <laughs> to Chicago. Um, and and then the next day they hired me. So I flew yeah. back to Chicago, packed up my Toyota pickup truck and, and drove it to L.A. And that was going to be that was going to be my, you know, my big Hollywood start. Uh, yeah. And it was it was a really it was, I was really lucky and glad to work on that movie. And that movie has become such a a cult favorite. And the whole time I was on the Conan show, a lot of bands, musical acts loved that movie. And they'd say, you know, we wore out the DVD and the bus. So, you um, know, I, I'm fascinated by it. I, I, and, and with both you guys, I, I've known Josh a long time. I'm, you know, I, I played basketball and um, I, I knew that I was good in basketball before I went on to become a professional basketball player. Yeah. It, I, I am, I am fascinated by you guys as young people, you know, college. You, I mean, you really, there's not been a stage for you really to prove yourself professionally. Just taking that leap and moving to LA or moving to New York is daunting. And, yeah. you know, so, you know, I, I'm just fascinated by the courage and <laughs> were there times, I'm sure there were plenty of times of, of self-doubt. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there honestly, there still are. There still is like, you know, and I, I've been really, really lucky to have a steady gig for with working with Conan, and you know, and it, it's there, it, it's, it's been like I say, it's been a real blessing in my life. But it also too, you know, there, I'm not. There's a lot of stuff I'm not doing because I got this steady job and. I kind of, you kind of get out of sight, out of mind with a lot of things. And I'll go, you know, I'll see a comedy, I'll see a movie that's a comedy and I know virtually everyone in it. And I'm like, God damn it. Why? 
I couldn't have been the security guard. What the hell? Um, but that's just, you know, it's like you can't have it all. And I had to really, and Josh, you, you know, you know what it's like when you get a series, it's like you, the, the, just the, the, like steadiness of it is such a, you know, it's a rare thing. And, and with my particular situation, when my, my kids are 15 and 20 now, and I've been home for the last 10 years, you know, I've been able to be at dinner for the last 10 years. And that, you know, even like, you know, Cougar Town, that's, a, you know, what they call for people that don't know, it's a, you know, that's a show that's shot like a movie. It's a single camera show. And those can be 14, 15 hour days. Um, so I could have been on a show like that for my kids childhood, but I wasn't, like I say, I was able to drive everybody to school every morning and then be home for dinner every night. And that's really invaluable. Uh, so it's, it's, but, and I, but, you know, like I left the Conan show, the late night show in 90 or uh, in um, 2000. That's I what I wanted to ask you about is yeah. that, 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 that courage too, because you're, you know, at the top of the, you know, kind of at the top of your game. And I, I remember hearing you say once that, you know, Hey, I, I want, I kind of want to press my luck and yeah, see if exactly. I'm good at something else. And that doing that, um, you know, I just find daunting and, and, and fabulous. Well, what was that like? At Well, at the time I just was, I mean, young, I, I, first of all, I was young. I didn't have kids. If I'd had kids, it would have been a totally different story, but it was just me and, and my wife at the time. And, and so I was like, I had, it felt like I was doing the same thing over and over because I get to do a lot on the show, but it still is kind of within a limited scope. And, and most of the work I do on the show is kind of off screen stuff is the kind of the producing of it and the, the the tweaking of things you know like conan and i we're sort of the last step in the quality control process um and i you know I, i've also referred to myself as the comedy consigliere you know it's, <laughs> yeah. when you're when you're when you're in charge of something of a comedy it's real easy to doubt yourself and you need somebody you can trust to go is that funny or am i crazy and they can go you're crazy or that's really funny so I kind of served that role for him. Um, but I, I just, I felt, I just felt like I could do more. I had started out wanting to be an actor. Like I didn't want to be a TV personality. I mean, I didn't have anything against it, but it just wasn't what I set out to do, you know? Um, so I thought I have this goodwill built up. I also knew the way that the industry worked because I had had friends and, and, you know, in local terms that had been on the daily show as correspondents, like guys from my kind of background, you know, improv sketch guys, they were on the daily show for a few years and then they, they left and everybody wanted to have them. And it's just because it's like this feeding frenzy kind of mentality. If somebody's off the market for a while, that you know they're not looked at but then all of a sudden they hear oh my god that guy's available and then there's like a bidding a little mini bidding war and i would see it happen you know i've seen it happen with different people throughout my career so i knew like i'd be able to leave the conan show and at least get that first deal and maybe even like that second deal but it was sort of like it was the third job that i was where i was kind of more worried about it and it is difficult it's like 
uh, my my parents never they would say, okay, you're working on this show, but what happens if if it ends? And I'm like, I, I don't know, I don't, I, you know, I, something else will come along, and and they'd be like, how can you do that? And I don't know how I could do. I just did it, you know. And I'm, you know, the Conan show is actually ending in on TBS is ending in June, and then there's going to be this new HBO Max show. And nobody know, like nobody really knows. I kept thinking they're lying. They know what it is, and they're just not telling us. But no, seriously, nobody really has an idea yet exactly what that show is going to be. So I'm not even sure if I'm going to be a part of it. So I might be back to after ten years. I might be, you know, this summer I might be like, well, I need a job. <laughs> I got oh, somebody. Somebody get me in. You know, get me into. I'll sell some. You know, forget Shaq. I'll sell the general car insurance. <laughs> I can, I can be with the general. Oh, some time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my my joke about my joke about the general is about the general car insurance is is because somebody was like somebody said once like why is why is Shaq in the ads for the general? They look so low rent, and I said. I said he he does the animation. That's the only reason. Like he loves doing his own animation. So the general is actually animates the general, and so they're like, "Well, why don't you be in it too?" Okay. <laughs> Andy voices him. He's got he's a great voice. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. The range. The range. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking uh, of that, like, what? You, what if it? didn't involve you what your dream scenario now what kind of thing would you like to do next um if you could just say what it would be yeah um well it's it, <laughs> you know it's i have i i luckily i do have the ability to do like a, a within a within a you know within the same bucket i can do a few different things like you know, there's game, I've hosted game shows, like I can do that kind of thing. I can do uh, voiceovers, you know, I, and I do cartoon voices, which is like a, a thrill that I get to do that. Um, somebody's calling in, so I just had to click, which I just want people to know I'm on my phone because my internet is down. I, that's why it looks so shitty. Um, but I, I would, the things, and this is, it's such a cliche, I'd love to direct um, because I don't mind, I, I'm not somebody that needs to be on camera. And as I get older and fatter, I'm like, I'd, I'd be happy to have people not look at me. Um, and, uh, and, I, and also too, it's like, that's, that's for me, what I like best about making television is making television. I like the actual process of making it. I've been doing it long enough. I've been on the floor of a television show that we put out every day figuring out how this bit can work better fit, you know, saying, you know what, that, that part of the set needs to be lit better. Just, you know, basically being a producer of a comedy show. So I know how to do that. And I would love to, I would love to have that happen. On the other hand too, I'd love to get like a big sweet acting job on a, you know, on a show and just kind of come in and say the lines and have that fun. You know, that's kind of like, can be, it, you know, in relative terms, that's a pretty cush job. Like, cause I've, I've directed television commercials and I know like, that's a lot of work. <laughs> like you don't, you don't get to go back to your trailer for two hours and do the crossword, you know, <laughs> there's like constantly people in your face, 
but I, there's that. I, I, you know, I'd like to make a show. I'd like to make whether it's an animated show because right now, and that's what I'm kind of. A, a friend of mine and I are, are trying to develop some animated shows because those are selling now, to be frank. And there's a lot of network, a lot of the comedy world, they like Comedy Central right now is just we want animated. That's all they even want to do. So okay, let's think of a cartoon. Um, yeah. You know, oh, and you know, but I, I, I just want to be making stories. That's that's the thing that's that's that I enjoy the most is making stories, and um, which is why, like, the, as much as I say the Conan show has been a blessing, it isn't. It's a different thing than like than than it's not a story. And I I want to get back to kind of making stories and you know being fake people, not being myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, we hope you do that because uh, I do too. We'd love to see more. You're a hilarious, hilarious guy. In fact, one of the things I do want to ask is on the Conan show, you're, you're like, um, you're just your persona is kind of hilarious and uh, adorable. Oh, and thank you're you. a dark comedy. You have a really dark sense of comedy. How do you? not blurt out shit you know like inappropriate <laughs> yeah. on the show because i know the wheels are turning yeah have you yeah. ever have you ever pushed it and been like that might have been across the line <laughs> oh oh definitely oh, yeah. definitely yeah yeah um the, the well the one that comes to mind is and this was too this was and i wouldn't do this again but i did the show with a fever like i should have just but it felt it was in the early days in the first few years. And, and we had this, you know, we got to get this show out kind of mentality again, because we were young. Um, and I had about 101 degree fever, which a is like ho horribly irresponsible of me to be breathing on, on guests. So but, we've learned, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like anybody, anybody told me, you're sick, go home. They're like, can you make it? Are you going to be? And I'm like, okay, yeah. And, uh, and he did this thing, he, which he sometimes did, and which is like an improv no-no, which is called, it's called a pimp, which is where you say, you know, you, you tease somebody, you ask them like a big loaded question. Like, you know, like, it's like if you start an improv scene and you go to somebody, so what is it we're going to do today? You know, and it, which you're basically putting them on the spot to write the whole scene. And he used to do it to me out of the blue and just with in different silly ways. And this was one of them. He, we were coming in to start introing a bit. And he said to me, he said, uh, he said, Andy, what is it we've always said we wanted to do with this show? <laughs> and, and the answer, you know, was going to be something like, I don't know, you like educate people or something. And I, and I said, like, kill a bunch of homeless guys and try and get away with it. And the audience was like, whoa, oh, and, I, and as it came out of my mouth, like I was going for like a Leopold and Loeb kind of joke, you know, like Alfred Hitchcock's rope kind of joke. And it just came out so artless and so bad and like murder homeless people and get away. I, except I think I said drifter. I think I said drifter. <laughs> That's and better. get away with that's, it. That's better. Yeah. yeah. And, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. and yeah. get away with it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I just, and I, I turned to the audience and I was like, I have a fever. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
and they they cut it out but i mean that was like one where i was like oh yeah that one that one didn't work so good that was, <gasps> that was, I, I mean i have enough of a enough of a sense like i did early on i did there was like when we first got on tv I, there was sometimes this fear like i'm gonna blurt out fuck i'm gonna blurt out the word yeah. fuck at some point you know and um and and but you know that you calm down you realize no you're not you're not gonna blurt out the word it's just the pressure of it it's like it's just one form that the pressure takes yeah and, see I'm, uh, I'm going through a little bit of that myself you know you are to conan as i am to rex in, uh -huh. in a big yeah, yeah he's and he's I my andy richter a, yeah i also have a dark <laughs> sense of humor and of course this is a different medium but i don't know you know i'm like i just uh just chill out for a second. Um, but do you have any advice about how to censor yourself? Like, like I, I'm about to scream out "fuck," but I can. Uh -huh. You know, you don't want to use can. it so much; it becomes, a, you know, disaffected. Well, is there is there editing? Yes, yes. That yes. So do whatever the say whatever the fuck, fuck you fuck, want. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Fucky fuck. <laughs> it's, Andy. It, I mean, ed editing is such your friend. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's like you give it a try and see. And and then it, it's not even. It, I mean, the worst thing of 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 something you know worse than inappropriate is like not good. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd way rather be make people like go ooh than go ah, you know? <laughs> yeah that's exactly. great advice. thank you yeah, yeah it is it is we grew up I grew up I guess all of us were around the same age uh you know watching Carson um yeah. uh I I don't remember Ed Sullivan uh I remember Carson and then uh but right around that time you guys you guys came came along a few years later and you you guys stole my mom and dad from from you know nbc and and the late late night show or with with carson and and those guys leno they've been fans ever since but oh that's great <laughs> Oh, they're in their late 70s now. So, yeah. I mean, they're, they're still, they love you guys. However, my dad played basketball also. He played in the uh -huh. old, ABA, old ABA. Oh, wow. He's watched, he's watched everything you guys have ever done. My mom loves you. They will not go see semi-pro. They, they, and it's hilarious. And I love it because it's so stupid. He, he goes, no, they're making fun of the AB. I said, yes, but no, they're not. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, plus it's a great basketball movie. It's a great, you know, sports movie. Uh, but I get such a kick out of giving them, giving them shit. Oh, they love you guys. Refuse to go see semi-pro. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to get into that, I, I, all of those movies with Will and those guys must must be great fun. How how long did it take you guys to shoot the jive turkey scene? Oh, that you know what that was added on too because <laughs> they did it. They did a cut. You mean the card playing scene? Yes, right? yes, yeah, yes. That was that was added on because they there was just like a point in the movie where they they needed something funny. Like there there was like, you know, cause there's funny and then there's story and then there's right. funny and then, you know, conflict. And then, and there was just this stretch of the movie that ended up just being a lot of story and, and conflict. And they just wanted a scene with funny in it. So 
they wrote this short scene for us to play cards in and mo you know and a lot of it was improvised a lot of it was fucking around and that was probably you know we that was that was a whole day you know because it was actually and like i say it was a reshoot we had we had wrapped and they they we just did it in a in a um you know and jerry minor who's in the scene is just they just are like you know jerry's funny bring jerry in you know because actually jerry had Jerry had auditioned for one of the basketball players and um, and didn't get it. And I think that the, the producers of the movie regretted not just having him be in the whole movie and, and be one of the basketball players, because I think that they they were worried at the top, like before they started that. Because Jerry, I, mean, I think Jerry's played basketball, but he's but they wanted basketball players that looked a, a little look, more. Like yeah, look the and pro. Then, look, look yeah, the and then they and then they just kind of once they were shooting, they realized like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like you can fake it. You know, there's plenty of ways to fake making somebody look like a real basketball player. You know, so <laughs> they brought Jerry in just to be in that funny scene, and um, and it was good. It was it was fun to do. And so that's much the, fun. That, it became like the scene of, you know, that people remember from the movie. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's legendary in, in sports circles and, and all yeah. of that. I'm uh, uh and then uh, you've just been in so many uh, funny movies and, and some of my favorites, how, how, uh, I, how brilliant is uh, Sasha Baron Cohen? He's uh, yeah, no, he's, he's pretty amazing. And he's like, uh, yeah, he's he's really, really hilarious and real, you know, and obviously really, really brave, if not like a little mentally ill, you know, because yeah, like yeah. it's to be able to turn off your embarrassment or you're just like I I like I'm no I'm no good with pranks. Like I know there's a lot of comedians that do pranks and they'll do prank shows and stuff. I'm terrible at it because I just I get so embarrassed and I feel so bad for the person being pranked. I'm like, this person's just living their life. Why, why am I fucking with them? And, um, but he, he is like, like we shooting, shooting Talladega nights. Like, uh, you know, he did, uh, he, we were, we had to do, we had to do a scene where we, we were in the stands with extras with these, with Alabama extras um and 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 there was this kid that we ended up standing next to and talking to a little bit and he he was like uh, you, you know like talking to us and he had uh, and i not just like like kind of handsome when you first looked at him but then when you look it's like wait his eyes are like really two different sizes and, and just it was you know and i don't mean to stereotype this is just the honest to god's truth and uh <laughs> And like, I think his mom owned a strip club or something. It was like, he was just a real character. And Sasha's there because we were just doing some shot and we have, you know, we're just waiting in between takes or setups. And Sasha was talking about how the last time he was in Alabama was he did a Bruno bit as a cheerleader, you know, Bruno, the, the gay that. character yeah. he plays. Yeah. And he said, like, he had to be, snuck out of there like they had to like they put him in like a trooper's uniform because the people and there's footage of it 
people coming down out of the stands just because he was cheerleading and just being yes. very yes i remember cheerleading. you said people were just like coming down and like they were you like trying to get over the cops to like get to him to hurt him and and sasha was like yes he said there's nothing like like uh hearing it i don't know whether you know twenty thousand people say they want to kill you and call and chanting that you're an f word you know and and this kid was like oh wait man i was there i was one of those people (laughs) you know like i was like that's funny like no actually it's it's not that funny but okay you know yeah, um, that was one of the funniest oh things about God. that skit was because yes. it was, you know, he knew what he was doing, but the vehemency of yes. the people, they were so, I mean, it wasn't like, hey, stop. They were like, I want to kill you. Yes. And he yes. kept on, though. He kept on. <laughs> he kept yeah. on there. In that one, in that one, too, I think he said that it was the troopers that are like, you have to stop. We have to get <laughs> you out of here. And they, and I, and like I say, they put him in a trooper uniform to get him out of there because they were just afraid that they couldn't control people, which is like, I mean, we're laughing about it, but it's also, and well, I mean, that's kind of his thing. You laugh about something that is just absolute horror, just like, just the absolute ugliness of, you know, and he also too, with him, he will fuck with you in public in a way, like he'll tease and, and fuck with you in public. We, there was a bunch, it was like me and, I, I can't, it was like me, it was Will Ferrell, Adam McKay, who directed the movie, Dave Koechner, the actor who was whammy, you know, was uh, <laughs> in, in Anchorman, Sasha, and then a couple other people, I can't remember, there was like another couple actors, and we were all on a really early flight out of Birmingham, connecting in uh, Atlanta, and then coming out to LA, we're all on the same flight, so we're just traveling together, and it was really fun, because you don't get to travel that much with that many people very often. And in, in Birmingham, he was in the, you know, and it's like six o'clock in the morning. He's making um, like, I, man, I bet everybody thinks I look like a terrorist. You know, there's a bomb in this bag kind of stuff. And we're all just like, and, and was we're in the, the TSA line and we're all just like, shut the fuck up. And, but it's like, he can't help himself, but to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I've been around him. I've been around him quite quite Brilliant. a bit. Friends of friends, and just like their backyard, and, and see him. And and I'm so, I think he's so brilliant and such a genius. But I can't have any fun around him. He's because yeah. he's like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, you're making fun yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I can't also too control it. It was it was interesting to be in something with him as an actor because i mean i play his husband so we were in a lot of stuff together and early on in the process we shot a bunch of we shot so much stuff for that movie that that movie is one of the ones where like i was in charlotte for about two months on and off (laughs) you know in and out on and off and and so like when the and shot so much stuff that just didn't make it to the screen <laughs> that that movie was like one of the ones the most where i went to the first screening of it and i was like there i am oh there i go oh there i am oh there i go and it's like oh, wow that, that was two and a half months of my life but it was a really fun two and a half months of my life you know it was a really great two and a half months of my life um 
so it's but early on in the process we were shooting these like improvised scenes that were that were going to be like our backstory and it's like him in a tub and me scrubbing his back while i'm you know painting portraits and stuff and and we were so we were and you know and movie improvising is different because people have to know what you're going to do so we kind of with adam mckay we're kind of like working it out in the beginning and and i knew he knew who i was but he didn't i don't think he knew my work that much but he we're saying that, okay i'll say this and you say this and this and this and at one point he said to me like i said and then i'll say this and he said like mm, are you sure you want to say that and i said oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm real sure i want to say that he goes like don't you think it'd be better if, and i said no i don't i said i said this is improv i said you get to control your words. I control my words. And it like it kind of like shut him down because I saw him like there were other people on set that he would like, you know, like the poor wardrobe woman. Like he he would say, like, I was look, I, you know, I think it'd be nice if in this scene I had a and I remember this, a banana yellow fedora, a banana yellow, a banana yellow fedora. And she's like, I'll see if I can get one. And it's like it's fucking Charlotte, North Carolina. Like, that's a really specific thing, you know? Like, how about a, a colorful fedora? But like, no, banana yellow. And and she had to go like this. And see, and I was like, I think I better early on set this like, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to do the comedy improv equivalent of give you a banana yellow fedora. Oh, that's brilliant, dude. That is so brilliant and, bra and brave. I mean, well, shit, it is brave. Yeah. But I mean, at a certain point, you do this stuff long enough that you just learn, you know, one of the most powerful things you learn. And I'm sure it's you probably learn it as an athlete. You learn to say no. You yeah. know, you start out thinking like, oh, shit, I, you know, I'm so happy to be here. And this is all, you know, I, I'm so lucky that I whatever you want, I want to be a good. And also, too, I'm a good worker. Like I'm I was raised to be a good worker, be a hard worker don't let your boss down, you know, all of that kind of just basic small town stuff. But then at a certain point, especially with what I do, people take advantage of you. They, they waste your time. Ask they, you to be on their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. No, terrible. You know, they ask for like little extracurricular things like, you know, like I hosted a game show once and they, everybody that was in the game show was off doing this like taping. It was in between setups. They were off talking into the camera and somebody was, you know, they were doing like some little mini interview and I didn't. And then it was my turn. And I said, what is this that we're doing? And they're like, Oh, it's the programming executive's birthday. And we're having everybody wish her a happy birthday and saying how much they hope that she picks up the show. And I was like, Oh, I'm not fucking doing that. I was like, that is, that's gross. Like, I was like, and if that's right. what it takes to get this show picked up, this show should not get picked up, you know? <laughs> but I was like, that's oh, genius. that's that's humiliating. That's like, that's you know, brilliant. yeah. But like, please grovel in front of this person. <laughs> no, no. You don't know. Yeah. You don't yeah, know I her. That I've never even met. Never even met. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Andy, I want to ask, I know we're probably running long. I want to ask you about one of your friends who I've kind of become Twitter friends with. Okay. And, uh, and I believe is going to come on uh, with us very soon. And that's, I, I keep calling her my Janie Lynch. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, 
well, such a big fan uh, of hers, but I know you guys go way back. Yeah, we're, we're, we've been friends for a very long time, and she's like one of those one of those people in your life that you just, you, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you haven't seen each other in six months, a uh, year, you just pick up right where you left off. And we've, you know, we, well, we were, we were in a show, the way we got to know each other was uh, we were in a show called the real live Brady bunch that started in Chicago. And when it went to New York, it, it was a, it was a ridiculous, silly thing, really funny show. Live just red, red, action red, clips, right. That was the idea. Yeah. And the idea was to not comment on it, to not like to just try and mimic it as much as, as you could, because and what it did to you, too, is that you real you ended up realizing like how much this fucking show had been like just carved into your into your brain. And they're just like little gestures and stuff that that they and also it wouldn't have worked if the fact that the people weren't incredibly talented. It was a really talented group of people and really gifted comedians. And they, you know, you'd see Peter Brady doing like, you know, somebody that he didn't look a lot like Peter Brady, but he would just be like, Holy shit. That's exactly what Peter Brady acted like. And, you know, and then, you know, all the, it's just, it's so easy. And it, and it really is. It's just like, it was so comforting. It, it coincided with this kind of wave of 70s nostalgia that would happen like right at the end of the 80s, you know, and <laughs> that long. But all of a sudden people are like, let's wear bell bottoms. Um, and Jane, when we went to New York, which is like, it's crazy that it got to go to New York. Uh, I started to play the guy that had been playing Mike Brady um, stayed in Chicago to run the theater. And I went to New York. And so we were, we were, you know, on stage, husband and wife, and um, and she, you know, and we, and we were, we it was also kind of funny because we were also kind of like the adults, you know, like <laughs> you know, like just that's just kind of more our personality, you know, like I'm, I'm always been kind of the person that's like, you know, like we want to drop acid and go watch the sunrise in the Indiana Dunes. I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea, and they're like no, no, we really want to do it. And I'm like, all right, we can do it, but I'm driving, you know, <laughs> like, like that's the kind of where I'm, yeah, I'll drop the acid and I'll go watch, the news, but I'm going to drive because I don't trust any of you other fuckers. I need more friends high. like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, and it's funny because it's gone down to my son because my, my, uh, my son's friends call him dad. Cause he's always the one that's like, you know, Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That so is great. We were kind of the adults anyway. And we kind of bonded in that sense. And, and she's just one of the, you know, she's just a, a wonderful, genuine person. And, and you know, and, and I'm so happy. She's like one of those people that you're really happy that she's successful. I wow. listened to beautiful. her on your podcast. I listened to you interview her and you could tell there was so much history and yeah. so much respect and love for each other. That was just, and you guys went, you know, since you knew her, it was easy to go a little pretty deep. And it was a yeah. lot of fun. You've, you've got a great podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Sure, sure. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> sure. Man, yeah, really, really and truly. Uh, we're just getting our feet wet. Until now, Josh was going to be my Ed McMahon, but no, not any longer. He's my Andy Richter. He's my Andy Richter. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Andy, did you, you, did you, did you, did you, we do. Did you play high school sports? 
I did. I played um, I, 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 I played football for my first two years. And then it just we got a new coach. It was a little, you know, I grew up in a little town. There were like 750 kids in our high school total. And and um, we got a new coach because we were pretty good. Yorkville, Illinois, we were pretty good. And uh, our new coach wanted to really get at them. And it was me going going into my junior year. So at the end of my sophomore year, he held he held a team meeting and he said the the IHSA, which is the high school, you know, the athletic. Illinois, yeah. Yeah. Um, they won't let us practice until August. You know, like there's a date that they won't let you. You know, it's against the rules to practice. Right. So he said, so we're going to have um, condition strength and conditioning five days a week. At 5 p.m. for an hour and a half, we're going to lift weights. We're going to run wind sprints. And he said, but it's all optional. And I think I think you all know what optional means. Yeah. <laughs> and and these guys went, ha, 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 like laughing. And I was like, what the fuck are you laughing at? This fucker just stole your summer. <laughs> and, and I went home and I told my mom and dad, I, my, my mom and my stepdad, what he had said. And my stepdad, God bless him, went, we're going to quit, aren't you? And I was like, oh, yes. That's like, I was like, I was hoping to hear that because, yeah. So I quit. <sighs> I got a job in the grocery store. I worked in a, you know, I got, I, so you know, I was already working at that point. I'd been, you know, I had a paper routes and stuff, but I was like, I'll get a job instead. And I, well, you know, I, but I played basketball my freshman, sophomore year. I played tennis all four years. Um, and I still, which I mean, that's, you know, sort of worked out. I love tennis. tennis. Yeah. yeah. Tennis is, Tennis and golf, uh, you yep. know, I mean, I, I they're country club sports, but they're they're also something you can do for the rest of your life. That's I, right. I've gotten into swimming. I'm so old. I've gotten back into <laughs> swimming. That's my yeah. that's my new thing. No, I, I real quick. I have a uh, uh, well, you're you're tall and long arms and uh, long yeah. limbs. Conan, tall. You guys would do great at the at the late night combine. Uh, you two together, Josh, Josh and I are big boys as well. Are Josh you? and I are big boys. We're both six, three or four. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, uh, I had a run-in with Conan, not a run-in. I, I encountered him. This was, I was living with Josh. I was not, I was, and I don't know how much, you know, of my story, Andy, I had painkiller addiction for a long time. Uh, yeah. but Six or seven years ago, I was coming out of it. I was living uh, over in, in the Valley with Josh and a buddy of mine had a kid playing in a soccer game, a uh, soccer match over in Brentwood. And I went over to Brentwood. I got out of the car and immediately, you know, I noticed people taller than I am usually. And, yeah. and I, but I saw this hair and it was just Conan's hair. And I, of course, I know this is Conan. And, and I was so uh, I really was. I was kind of. Oh, Josh knows I was broken, man. I was so, I didn't have much self-confidence. I didn't have anything. I wanted to say, I, I geek out just like everybody else does when you see somebody yeah. you've always seen. And I wanted to say hi. He was with his son, maybe 10 or so at the time. And then he goes, and, where's Andy Richter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to say hi, but I didn't. Anyway, uh, yeah. he's a great, great big old drink of water. Tall drink yeah, yeah. He yeah. is not. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just going to. He's not the athlete, though. No, he's not. Yeah, he's. Um, 
no, he's not. <laughs> and that was, you know, and he, and when you're, you know, when you're, when you're a kid, everybody expects you if you're tall, yeah. you know, they're, they're so excited, you know, that, yeah. that, you know, <laughs> like I, I, the, where I grew up was Lily white that our whole, like, and in fact, like we, when the first black family moved into our County, everybody knew it. And it was the next tape neighboring town. And one of my teachers, she was like an art teacher and she taught at both schools. And she said, they were so excited because they were because it was two boys in the family. They were like, all right, now we got basketball stars. And they both were like science geniuses who had no interest in playing basketball whatsoever. And they were like, oh, oh, what is, how what tall are you? Uh, I'm six one. I'm six See, one. Yeah. Thing. One time uh, I was like, like at the upfronts, like TBS or something and walking around and we came around a corner towards each other and there you were and we kind of the pleasantries of oh hey buddy you know went on and I was yeah, like yeah. Andy Richter kicked my ass I mean yeah he's you know, big because boy. next to Conan you think you might and you're sitting a lot you think no. you don't think of Andy Richter kicked my ass <laughs> <laughs> well I mean yeah no I I you know I spent because like I'm 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 I well I'm my brother I have a uh, older brother who's sort of my size but he's six foot five and he was the basketball player um and he was you know he was always like i've always kind of been the one you know like i had been on the heavy side who's tall in your family who's tall uh, in your family who's tall my my dad is tall and then there there's you look at there's just a lot of big old sad swedes that are about six foot two (laughs) like big plow horses of people you know uh, <laughs> like when you see like old family photos, they're just, and I mean, just the men and, and the women, they're all just like <laughs> big farm people, you know? And, um, but, uh, I forget what I was going to say. Oh, um, oh, we my grew brother, up in Kentucky. We he, know it well. Yeah, yeah. He, he used to be so mean to me about like, you know, about that. I was fat and the fat one and all this. Cause he was always rail thin and he played basketball through, junior college he went to junior college and played basketball for two years and then the second he stopped playing basketball i was like yeah (laughs) fucker that's that's funny that's funny i read that um your essay in that book things that you learn from women who yeah yeah dump me and yours was like it was really funny, but I remember one line specifically because you talked a lot about it was a lot about it was about being a big kid and big and getting to love yourself. Yeah. And you said now you've grown up and uh, you realize that your body is is uh, your weight is what it should be now. Um, yeah. A health concern is what. You yeah. Said. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and that's true. I mean, you know, because like, I don't. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I it's, as I, you know, any kind of like real concerns about my appearance, I always kind of feel are turd polishing anyway. So, I, you know, I, the notion of like, like I'm going to lose weight and get hot. Like, no, I'm not going to lose weight and get hot. I'm just going to lose weight and live longer. Like that's, that's sort of the more of the thing, you know? And, uh, uh. and that's, 
you know, I was at some, whenever anybody asked, I, and you know, what, what advice would you have to your younger self? It's always learn to love cardio. Cause I still <laughs> fucking hate that. Yeah. Shit. I just, same. Ugh. I, same. I never got to the point. And I mean, I've been exercising my whole adult life, you know, in a gym and going to the gym and stuff. And, but I have never gotten to the point where I'm like, Oh man, I missed my workout. Ah, damn it. You know, or, you know, running or, and I mean, now I don't have the knees for running anymore, but you know, on, on an elliptical and feeling like, Oh man, this feels good. It always feels like stop, 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 stop. Like those people that say, you know, I forgot to eat all day. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? Forgot to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Can I get thousands of, of years? We've been our stuff. We get hungry and we search for food. How yeah. Did you forget to eat. I know. I know. Well, that's probably they're just, you know, they're probably on speed or something. Probably. Something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah, math makes it so you don't have to eat. Uh, <laughs> Andy, buddy, thank you so much, man. We've taken sure, up enough guys, of your time. Uh, let's do it again sometime. Uh, really will, and truly. Uh, this is such an honor, such an honor. I've been a fan thank forever. You, thank you. And, yeah, thanks, uh, pal. and Josh, and as we're talking, like, I, I'm embarrassed that I didn't, I didn't recognize you right away. Cause of course I know who you are. Oh, I'm not embarrassed. I love it. I love every I fucking know, second of it. This I, is so good. Everybody. That's exactly how I wanted it to go. Wow. Josh. How awesome was Andy Richter, huh? Andy, Andy Richter, our, our new best friend. That's right. That's Dude, right. I told you. Told you. Yeah, not he a did, clue. He didn't Never seen me you. in his life. He didn't remember you. I can't, I am so happy he didn't remember you. <laughs> Thank you. I know you are. I appreciate yeah, that. I, I'll, I'll get many jokes in. Uh, about you know, we were worried because this, we're new to this, but how great was it to have a guy who is a professional talker? Oh, professional I mean, talker. He, he just led us through it. I know. That's I a know. pro's pro right there. That guy knows what he's doing. What a good dude. Could have talked to him forever. I mean, I so many things I want to ask him about. I, we just, we didn't even get to talk about the the worst thing he's ever gotten away with. He gave us a little little taste here and there, but man. Uh, All right. What a brilliant dude. So thankful he came on. And it was awesome too that it worked out because he was doing his uh internet was out. Yeah. You know, and we managed through it. He he powered through it. That was pretty awesome. Really great guy. So great. Took the time. Uh, and he, we got he, some basketball this week, Rex. We sure do, Josh. Uh, mm-hmm. I, we're going to probably crown a, crown a champ at some point. Uh, much more college basketball, much more NBA basketball. We're getting into a good time of year in the NBA because teams are going to start jockeying for playoff position. I'm fired up. You? Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm ready to get your take next week on all the action. Let's do it, buddy. All right. Well, thanks to everyone for listening to the Rex Chapman show uh, with with a very good looking Josh Hopkins um, and powered by basketballnews.com. We appreciate you listening in and and be sure and subscribe and hit all those like buttons and uh, tune in with us uh, next Tuesday as well, because we are awesome. We are awesome. And yeah, no, you, you got that exactly right, Josh. We are awesome.